just because it's not using an animal is obviously great, but that doesn't mean it's cruelty-free, it doesn't mean it's sustainable, it doesn't mean it's good for your health and the environment. Welcome to Wannabe Greener, the podcast making it easy to go green. I'm Harriet Robinson and this episode we're talking about diet. Now I bet you know someone vegan. Plant-based lifestyles are on the rise. In the UK alone, the number of people identifying as vegan has increased by 350% in the last 10 years. And it's not just health organisations who advocate a plant-based diet, but environmental groups like PETA and the World Wildlife Fund suggest cutting out animal products can hugely reduce climate change. A recent WWF study found that just one meal of chicken tikka masala is equivalent to boiling a kettle 89 times. Now, if you're still feeling unsure, I definitely recommend watching some of the documentaries that are widely available, like Game Changers, What the Health, or Cowspiracy, and of course, listening to the rest of this podcast. Now, I've recently gone completely vegan for a variety of reasons. I've kind of been moving towards a plant-based diet for a little while. I've been vegetarian for many years. Um, But because of health reasons, if you follow me on Instagram, you might know I suffer from ulcerative colitis. So I can't eat lots of the things that vegan people are meant to eat. So I'm still a little bit like, "Mm, should I be doing this? But I feel like it's the right diet for the moment and I'm still just kind of trying to work out what I should be eating. It is quite confusing and I think a lot of us can find it quite confusing moving to such an extreme diet from what we're used to. So who better to speak to than the founder of the UK's biggest vegan festival? A vegan for over 30 years and a veggie for even longer, Tim Barford is the founder of VegFest. He also runs his own award-winning hemp company and has won several awards himself, including Best Vegan Achievement by the Vegan Society. So in our conversation, we talk about a bunch of stuff, including the difference between eating plant-based and being vegan and how being vegan goes further than just food. We also discuss the cost of a plant-based diet because I know a lot of us think it's actually really expensive and ways to make your life easier, like how to prepare if you're going to be eating out. Now, Tim's very much about the animals. That's kind of the main reason that he went vegan. But I think most of the points he makes are relevant to anybody who's aiming for this diet. And I know people are vegan for a variety of reasons, whether that's uh, animals or the environment or your health or all of the above. And Tim's super passionate about it and makes some excellent points. So listen on. Thank you very much for joining me, Tim. Hello. Uh, We've got a pretty impressive vegan CV going on there. (laughs) I didn't tell you this before, but the first time we met, we we, um, spoke about VegFest and you were telling me lots of facts about going vegan. And I ended up going vegan for a month after that. You inspired me. Yeah. Thanks. Um, What was the reason that you went vegan in the first place? I know it was a, a while ago. Well, um, to be f- just to be clear about, first of all, you know, the difference between being vegan mm. and eating a plant-based diet. Um, eating a plant-based diet is what a lot of people are doing for health reasons, environmental reasons. Um, but it is that. It's a diet based on plants. Uh, veganism is something slightly different. Veganism is an ethical position uh, where people who are vegan seek to exclude the use of all animals wherever they can. So that would include not only what you eat, but what you wear, 
what you use for entertainment, what you put on your body and your hair, and indeed things further into sort of things like animal testing and such like. Um, so, you know, veganism is, is very clear. It is a way of life which excludes the use of all animals. Uh, a plant-based diet is where most of us start when we're on that vegan journey. And indeed, a lot of us won't necessarily go vegan. We will sort of stop at a, a, a basic a plant-based diet. Um, so, for instance, where you're at is a plant-based diet, and that's obviously got a lot of health benefits. It's also got a lot of environmental benefits. It's got a lot of sustainable food production benefits. And, and to answer your original question, why did I go vegan? It was very much on that sustainable food production. Um, I went vegan in 1984, and that was at a time of Live Aid. And Live Aid, um, obviously, you know, the, the, the famine in, in Ethiopia that year came into our living rooms pretty much for the first time. And as a generation uh, at age 21, uh, living on the road as a traveller, festivals, such like, um, you know, that made a big impact on me when I realised that the ratio of sort of conversion of energy is something like you lose something like about 90% when you're talking about animal conversion to protein and other energy that the human body will use. So in other words, if you're eating grain, you're going to convert all that energy that grain will provide. If you then feed that grain to an animal and then eat the animal for the same energy, you're losing about 90%. Wow. And in terms of water, in terms of land use, uh, eating animals whilst there are people who gone hungry doesn't make sense. You know, so that was the original reason I went vegan. Is really out of concern for people who are going without, and of course today that's still happening. Well, what about? I mean, this film's like Cowspiracy, which it can kind of add up to with what you're saying. But then some people say, yeah, but we could just do sustainable farming and just eat less meat, and is that not an option? Well. In terms of, this is why it's important to be clear about the distinction between veganism and a plant-based diet. Mm. If we're talking veganism, especially in a rights-based approach, um, now I'm somebody who you know subscribes uh, the basic right to an animal not to be used. Uh, and that's not about the treatment of an animal. It's nothing to do with heavy treatment or eating less of them. It's about not using animals at all. So that's my position, and that's one that many of us share, is what's called a rights-based position, where we would, we would try and avoid the use of animals wherever we can. Um, so if you're a vegan with a rights-based position, then no, it doesn't, none of this humane treatment or these, these happy eggs or this sustainable farming or any of this kind of stuff, once you're talking about organic standards, you know, but basically how we kill animals how we use animals then from very much from a vegan perspective this isn't this is not a consideration um however from a plant-based diet perspective uh if your concerns are concerned with health and environment it would probably be inaccurate to say that it would be unhealthy to include a little bit of animal product for your own health mm. um, i think it would be uh, un, un, uh, inaccurate to suggest that if you say had five or ten percent animal product in your diet that that would impact on your health obviously it would impact on the animal 
And yes, indeed, it would impact on the environment. But it's unlikely to say that if you're eating 90% plant-based, and, and, you know, 5 10% animal product, that that's going to impact on your health much. Mm. You know? It's interesting. Um, I've never thought about that plant-based versus sure. veganism um, about them being different before. That's interesting. I yeah. guess it, veganism is more of a lifestyle. It's a complete way of yeah. thinking. Well, it's a philosophy, really, and it's based on on the least possible harm that you can do. So it's a sort of approach to life, um, and it's not really about being purist or being, you know, this kind of, you know, extremist. It's it's just really trying to avoid the use of animals wherever practicable and possible. Of course, that's not always possible. You know, we understand that. Um, and therefore, it probably doesn't pay to get too preachy or too kind of on your, you know, sort of sort of uh, moral high horse, as it were, to use a speciesist <laughs> term. But from environmental, when we're looking at environmental, sustainable farming and such like, um, I think it is important not, not to make, you know, too many claims could someone argue there's sustainable ways of, of, of farming animals? I, I'm sure there are. Are there, you know, is that is that right? I, I wouldn't say so. Is it good for health? I wouldn't say so. Is it an environmental cost? You know, there, there's certainly currently, I think what we, we have to look at is what's happening now. You know, currently, almost all livestock farming is, is unsustainable. It comes at a huge cost to the environment. Uh, and a huge cost to human health too. How easy do you find it now uh, being vegan? Obviously food is changing a lot. There's a lot of trends like uh, avocados and almond milk, which again, in terms of the environment we're hearing, maybe are being over um, farmed and we shouldn't be eating them. Is it really difficult to make a decision to choose what you should and shouldn't eat? Uh, I don't think so particularly. I mean, I think it's important to be conscious of not only, you know, I've talked a bit about animal rights mm. uh, and veganism. It's very important to be conscious of human rights too. So, for instance, if you're choosing your dairy-free chocolate, you know, it is important that you're sourcing your chocolate. You're looking at where the cocoa is sourced and you're trying to avoid uh, sort of child slave labour in your choice of chocolate, which, of course, does occur in certain countries, it's quite quite clear that's that's happening. Um, as a consumer, you know, I think it is important, you know, using resources like the Food Empowerment Project, for instance, especially when it comes to chocolate, is really good for uh, looking at genuine cruelty-free options. Um, and, and I would say that, that vegans, especially that are making kind of cruelty-free claims to their food choices do need to consider the human rights aspect too. Um, the obvious solution is to be looking for fruits, nuts, seeds, grains, pulses, beans and, and seeds that are, are sort of locally sourced. Um, now, in this country, for instance, we have uh, our first crop of lentils being grown. We are seeing, you know, big, big, big growth in hemp especially in the south of England. There's obviously, you know, things like uh, staple crops like oats. Now, for instance, the, the use of oat milk in this country is big. We, we're importing tens of thousands of litres of oat milk, which is essentially 3% oats, 97% water, uh, a tetra pack, and a thousand miles shipping from a factory in Sweden. Mm. We could be doing this, you know, this could be a UK-grown industry, um, the growth in plant-based milks in the UK is huge, 25% over five years in the supermarkets, something like that. Uh, and, of course, this could be 
uh, a UK grown industry. Mm. Uh, we could be supporting oat, spelt milk, hemp milk. There's a hazelnuts. You know, we don't have to be using expensive, uh, unsustainable options. Uh, and I am aware of something like almonds, for instance, much as I love almond milk, especially homemade almond milk. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a water issue with almonds. Almonds consume quite a lot of water. There's other nuts than, uh, that probably consume less water and more sustainable and not have to travel so far. So, yes, it's very important when you're going vegan plant-based to consider not just the impact on animals, but also the impact on humans and also the impact on the environment. Do you find it quite time-consuming? Because, uh, you know, when you go veggie, that's another thing to think about. When you go vegan, you, you just talked about making your own almond milk. If you were a person with a full-time job, do you think that going vegan or plant-based diet, but let's say vegan, is is very time-consuming because you have to think about things a little bit more? You know, you don't have to be making your own almond milk. I mean, I don't use milk at all, personally. I mean, I do smoothies. Now, for instance, a smoothie, hemp seed, a load of fruit, you know, some, some, some coconut water, that kind of thing. It takes about two minutes to make, probably... Two minutes to consume and another two minutes to wash up. You know, the ingredients are sourced from from one shop, maybe two. You know, there's there's no big deal there. But also now supermarkets have whole racks of, of vegan options. Uh, and of course, so do the takeaways and the fast food chains. But even 30 years ago, I never, ever had a problem that I remember sourcing vegan options. Um, and I had a lot less money, a lot less. I didn't work. In the 80s, I was on the dole. When I first went vegan, I was living on the dole in Chapel Town in Leeds. Uh, and, and okay, there was quite a lot of baked beans, there's quite a lot of chips, there's quite a lot of white sliced. But with the advent of things like hummus available everywhere and mm. such like, uh, you know, if you think about the basis of vegan vegan options, is, is especially in this country, you know, the, the amount of pulses that are really cheap and readily available, the amount of really good vegetables, you know. Pulses and vegetables are available almost to, almost everywhere in the UK. And it's a cheap, easy, quick, nutritious meal that's, that's healthy, sustainable, doesn't use animals. And, and really, <laughs> here he goes, without wanting to sound preachy, he says, sound a bit <laughs> preachy. You know, I'll be honest, if if you want to go vegan, you know, these days, you, you don't really have any excuses. Unless, of course, you're somebody um, who doesn't have access to food, who doesn't have access to a budget that allows them food on a regular basis um, or perhaps doesn't have, you know, the ability to, to cook or, or, or source food regularly. Certainly, like for instance, a day, you know, I was trying to source myself a pair of vegan sandals and I went into a shop and the first pair of uh, nice looking shoes that they were, you know, they weren't too expensive, they were comfortable, they were, they looked good, they were functional and they were, they were vegan, mm. you know. There's no leather there. There's there's no animal glue. Uh, there's a lot of vegan options these days. Now that's something that, wasn't available 30 years ago certainly things like the amount of as it were faux leather you know the the the, the non-leather leather 
options mm. but again some of them you've got to look carefully at i've been reading about some of the new vegan options are not that sustainable there's some you know one or two of the brands out there you've got to look beyond the label sometimes so again i would advise vegans especially making your, your cruelty free claims have a good look beyond you know just because it's not using an animal it's obviously great, but that doesn't mean it's cruelty-free. It doesn't mean it's sustainable. It doesn't mean it's good for your health or the environment. Not to say that you shouldn't be able to eat lots of food that isn't good for your health. I mean, like, dirty <laughs> vegan is quite the thing these days. It know? is, Deep-fried yeah. vegan is, is everywhere. Uh, I'm not a big fan myself, but I do recognise that there's a lot of people who are not also big fans of health food all the time, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. If you want to eat dirty vegan, there's plenty of options <laughs> these days. You yeah, know. you can. Well, yeah. talking of that, you can... We were talking about supermarkets and you can go and grab lots of kind of vegan treats and things like that. Sure. Even at VegFest, for instance, lots and lots of um, vegan products. It's amazing. I can't believe how many people were there this year as well. Yeah. But then a lot of the packaging is in single-use plastic or a lot of it's in kind of things that aren't really recyclable. Do you think that that's something we you should consider as well when you're buying uh, vegan products? certainly. I mean, bear in mind, though, that in defence of um, our small traders especially you know single-use plastic is cheap is cheap and mm. easily available and you know a lot of our small traders are obviously with the, the veganism going mainstream everybody's thinking oh yeah, everybody's doing really well and you must be selling loads of stuff and it's like well yeah but bear in mind obviously the supermarkets are now doing a lot of this stuff so mm. whereas perhaps three years ago a small independent vegan company was you know almost perhaps a unique product now almost undoubtedly that will be replicated and available quite likely cheaper elsewhere mm. so the pressure for the small independent vegan trader to be better than best and you know almost like leading the way is is getting quite quite tough because people i say people consumers don't always equate that small independent ethical trader with the bank balance and resources that that they have access to yeah that's and of course enough. the big brands do have access to a lot that your small independent trader doesn't have. So I think we need to encourage our small traders more and more. And certainly at VegFest, we've had quite a lot of pushback this year about, you know, how much are we doing for this issue? And the truth is we're not currently doing enough. We acknowledge that. It's an area that we are working on and we have got um, a consultant actually helping us with this. Mm. Obviously, it's a challenge in business, that one. Coming back to your original point about plastic, we hear you. Yes. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, it's better just to buy fresh fruit and veg and try to just keep these little packaged snacks to a, a minimum anyway. Um, let's talk about then, okay, say if someone's listening now and they've been thinking about going vegan, but they're a meat eater, they eat cheese, they, they eat dairy, they eat eggs. What's the best approach to starting moving over to that kind of lifestyle? How can you easily well, do that? Well, there's two approaches really in many respects. One is to look at it from a moral perspective. You know, is it right to use animals um, and perhaps go watch a film like Earthlings, which, which really shows you what, what we do as humans to other animals. And, and that could well be something that, that, that 
is a process whereby literally you wake up tomorrow morning and you go, do you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. I'm not going to use animals anymore. This isn't fair. It's not right. And I, I don't want to do this. And that's a very valid reaction. But there's also a lot of other people who will have a, a another reaction, which would be, well, look, you know, I, I use animals. I'm, I'm not going to go vegan. I'm not really interested in a rights perspective for animals. I'm not, I'm not, I don't share your philosophical position. Um, however, I do have concerns for the environment and I do have concerns for health and my family and I do have concerns for sustainable food production for a growing population. And if any one of those three areas is, is of concern, which I'm sure it is to all of us, nearly all of if not all of those points, they should be mm. of concern, uh, especially the environment. So on those grounds, then, you know, taking steps towards a plant-based diet is, is just, you know, an imperative, really. Is it easy, respect. though? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I'm, <laughs> you say <laughs> this now. So, for instance, uh, last time we spoke, uh, I was talking about maybe go vegan and I was saying that I find cheese really difficult to give up and you told me that cheese has something in it that's a bit addictive or it has kind of addictive well, qualities to it and people possibly. kind of get a bit... I mean, there is some science that would support possibly that claim that some of that is addictive. I mean, I'm not really an expert on that. But what I would say, for instance, I mean, look, I used to like it. I still do like vegan ice cream. My challenge now when I go to a supermarket... I mean, whereas 30 years ago, I'd be lucky to have one choice. Now I've got 12. Mm. I'm not quite sure. You know, I keep having to try all of them because I can't make up my mind which one I like the most. So I just back in there every every week, trying them again. You know, and I'm gradually working through all 12 choices, methodically, thoroughly, and with great attention as to which one I like the most that I have yet to decide. So I'll probably be back in there next week to do more thorough research and my challenge is which one to choose you know not you know that's that which vegan option to choose yeah. not how do i choose a vegan option but with stuff like vegan cheese so that is the point yeah so say if you yeah i love cheese i can go get sure. vegan cheese choices but then i find a lot of the time you look on the back of the packet and you don't know what half of the things are that are on there well what i would say with something like vegan cheese is first of all that let's be honest this is a a first world privilege, you know, mm. whether there's certain chemicals that are addictive quality to cheese or not. I think really most of it is about taste and it's this kind of, oh, I need something. You know, we know we don't. There's loads of stuff that we know we don't need. An obvious one would be smoking. A lot of us have enjoyed the pleasure of smoking, you know, millions and millions of people. I don't think there's anybody who thinks that smoking is actually good for you anymore. <laughs> you know, I think I think the science is accepted. Should we smoke? Well, no. But I mean, you know, you know, smoking really does have strong addictive qualities, and, and it is quite hard for some people to give up smoking. Um, giving up cheese? Yeah. Look, I think we shouldn't underestimate the emotional attachment of food. There's a comfort. There's a social value. Uh, respect or lose, but. All I would say is, you know what, there's so many good vegan cheeses out on the market now. Um, so, you know, somebody like m my pal Mel, who teaches people how to, she runs vegan cheese workshops. And, you know, you can buy like all sorts. They they do all this stuff that tastes like camembert and Pleasure brie. And but does it taste balsam. like that? Yeah. It's, 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 
personally speaking, having not eaten cheese for 34 years, <laughs> I can't go near it. Really? It's way too real for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, I'm going to put off your listeners now, but it's slimy and it smells funny and it's like, you know, cheese. Like I remember eating cheese and I used to eat some cheese that was nice, but I remember all this stuff that didn't like at all and yeah it's very 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 light some of that so <laughs> have you got lots of vegan friends because how do you find it when you're in it you know like for instance when people say oh i'm not drinking for a month and then every, you know that's a social thing you've got to deal with of people talking to you about it all the time asking you questions you have to find things different things to drink when you go out i know it's very again first world problem but if you're you're vegan and you socialize a lot with eating is that something you've got to it's something you've got to deal with and you've got to think about a lot in terms of going out to restaurants or talking to your friends. Do you find that it, it comes up a lot that people want to, obviously with you, want to talk about it, but with vegan people in general? Well, in terms of eating out, if if there's a group, it really is a lot easier now. Mm. Um, and it makes sense to phone up a restaurant, speak to them, make sure you've got good vegan options. And um, there's plenty of places that, that will cater who thoroughly understand the vegan option. Mm. So you've now got a choice of either going to a place that is vegan or going to a place that has a mixed menu. So that kind of thing is kind of... It used to be an issue. I mean, what I used to do was just eat first and then drink. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't want to break up the party, so for instance, especially travelling, mm. where perhaps you're in somewhere like... France, Mediterranean weather, you're eating out of the culture is, is far more to do with social eating and good feeling, enjoying yourself, celebrating life, food and company. And you don't want to kind of jar that. So the what I would do would be eat first. So I'm, I'm, I'm not hungry. I've, I've already eaten. Then I can join in whatever's there. Like, so there's a olives, great, you know. That's fine. Uh, olives and beer, you know, olives <laughs> and wine is, is just great for a party. And, and okay, that sounds a little bit like, oh, well, you're not missing out a bit. It's like, well, yeah, in a sense. But, you know, for me, being vegan is, is, is first and foremost. But I don't want to get in the way of the party. So if that means eating first and then I think it's totally excusable to, to eat less at a party or a dinner, mm. just as it is to not drink alcohol. And I don't drink alcohol currently. I haven't done for getting on for a year now. I, for the first time from my adult life, I feel like I'm teetotal and I kind of celebrate that sobriety. Mm. And although I know I shouldn't joke about it, but people do say sobriety is good in moderation. <laughs> I'm quite happy now with sobriety, and I, you know, I would I would be quite happy eating before having a dish of olives and 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 or something and, and a bit of bread or something. Uh, but yeah, it's always nice if you've got somebody who does cater for vegans. Um, just don't be scared to ask, I guess. Uh, yeah, it does help to do your research and just ask. You know, one of the problems about going vegan is you can sometimes get a bit angry because when you realise what you've been doing to animals yourself all your life before you've gone vegan, that can be quite jarring. And, it, you know, people get angry, people get emotional, people get upset. And I've had 34 years of this and I'm still angry and I'm still jarred and I'm still upset. But I have learned that it's better to try and avoid being that angry, hostile, stereotypical, crazy vegan that, that occasionally exists. You occasionally see that. But I would, I would venture that 
99% of us are not really of that ilk. We've got a couple of questions from people uh-huh. um, from the wannabe Greener Instagram. Chelsea says, how can you go vegan without going broke? So I think it's kind of a common misconception, maybe, that veganism is expensive. Well, it can be. Okay. So that there, that is a valid concern. Um, but, but the nuts and bolts, if you like, or the, the, the seeds of veganism are, are cheap. You know, what I would suggest is if you're concerned about costs, you know, is, is start with the nuts and bolts. You can laugh at the stereotypical, oh, big fan of lentils. You know, there's a lot of lentils. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Um, chickpeas, you know, beans. There's some great stuff you can do with it. And sure, if you buy an expensive, ready-made, processed vegan options on a regular basis, that can be expensive. Um, I joke about the ice cream, but, you know, it's not cheap. And uh, that is a real issue. But when you look at things like rice, grains, seeds, you know, these, there are some expensive options, but there's also very cheap options. So, you know, when you look at the nutrients in, say, um, whole hemp seed, which is pretty cheap by the kilo, uh, uh, sunflower seeds, which are pretty cheap, you know, these are really nutrient-rich. So learn to use them. Learn to be creative with them. Don't be put off by the dullness of their outward appearance. It's mm-hmm. what's inside that counts. And if you get a bit creative, uh, get a bit of knowledge on board, experiment a bit, uh, I think you'll find you've got some really good options. And, of course, vegetables. You know, vegetables are cheap. Seasonal vegetables are cheap. Learn to use them. There's so many good yeah. um, Instagram and kind of Facebook pages now yeah. that show you little super easy recipes you Lot can make out. in kind of yeah. 10 minutes with yeah. all these ingredients. Um, thanks for that. And also, uh, Jason said, people always question you about where you're getting your nutrients from when you give up meat and you give up dairy. Um, can you really get the same amount of protein and the same amount of iron that you'd get from meats and dairy and eggs without having to have tons and tons and tons of uh, spinach or, or lentils. Okay, well, think about what does a cow eat? If you currently eat cow, either milk or meat from a cow, what does a cow eat? Grass. So where's a cow getting its nutrients? The grass. And what are you eating <laughs> if you're eating a cow? Mm. So where's the cow? So, you know, it's... Without, again, without being wanting to sound in any way disrespectful, you know, it isn't rocket science. It's, mm. a, it's a fairly easy one that, 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 I mean, again, you look at something like a horse or a gorilla, you know, I, I th- so certainly horses, you know, they, they are eating grass. There's a lot of very big, strong animals that, that obviously get a full amount of nutrients to reach that sort of strength and, and energy and sus- sustainable life. Mm. Um, w- what I would recommend is definitely try and aim for what we call a rainbow whole food plant-based diet. So basically you don't have to do all food charts and nutrient checks and all this. Just eat lots of different coloured rainbow colored whole foods. You know, my big face currently blueberries. I eat a lot of blue food. You know, I'm 55, probably you know, I'm on an antioxidant tip. I'm eating a lot of blue foods. I love it. I'm thriving off all sorts of blue foods. Um, but, you know, eating a, a big variety of basically whole foods, you're going to be fine. 
Um, unless, of course, you are, some perhaps you're pregnant or you are recovering from a serious illness or you are undergoing, you know, some kind of serious issues. And, of course, it probably does help to get a bit more, you know, scientific advice uh, from a plant-based nutritional expert, somebody who's really studied plant-based but generally speaking, you know what, just just get loads of plant-based options down here, you'll be fine. You'll be good. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, that's it. Just um, I wanted to get from you finally, briefly, top tips. So uh, the whole idea of this podcast is to help people to move, to, you know, towards different steps of sustainability. And of course, we're talking about veganism here with Tim. So uh, what would be your kind of top tips for moving towards a, a vegan lifestyle? My top tip would be stop using animals. <laughs> that would be it. Easy. That, that, that would be it. Yeah, just have a look and stop, you know. It's like that, really. Just have a look at, have you got a right to use that animal? And if you think the answer's no, then just just stop. But if if that's not quite, you know, enough to go, well, you know, sorry, mate, I disagree <laughs> with you on that one. That's not quite my position then i would say you know look to start with a plant-based breakfast and get in the habit of a real nice plant-based breakfast so so have a look around see what you like if that's beans on toast with mushrooms fine if that's a a muesli with a oat crunch and and dairy-free coconut yogurt you know that's great if that's a bowl of uh, uh almond ice cream that's also good you know if that's a hemp smoothie with blueberries that's fine whatever it is get into it experiment but stay with a plant-based breakfast and then move on to a plant-based lunch start working plant-based lunch in so perhaps your falafel wraps or your hummus sandwiches your avocados your salads and then you're looking for a, a plant-based dinner so lots of options there obviously get your cookbooks out get online get your, get your recipes out have a play around um and and stick with it you know stick with the program and you know if you find yourself slipping back or using occasionally perhaps going and having whatever your favorite animal product was be it the uh, stereotypical bacon butty or pork pie or something or fish and chips or a doner kebab after five points on a Friday, whatever it is, <laughs> try and make sure that if you are going to do that occasionally that, that the rest of your diet is plant-based. And I think in time you'll find that pretty much you'll do away with some of those options anyway. But if you want to keep your favourite, there's plenty of vegan kebab options. I've even now seen vegan chicken drumsticks at VegFest. You can now buy a vegan chicken drumstick. It was Uh, like uh, chicken. uh, Yeah. Yeah, you so had weird. one. Yeah. Exception. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had chicken for a few yeah. years, so maybe that's... And, and some of these veggie burgers, I mean, I'm not, I won't mention the brand, but there's one in my local supermarket that keeps selling out. You and it's superb. Huh? Well, you can mention the brand. Oh, Linda McCartney's oh, yes. veggie burger is superb. I didn't know about it. I don't really eat those meat substitutes because after 34 years of eating plant-based, I'm not that interested in what the taste of flesh might be like but I've got to say those veggie bugs they don't sit around in that freezer very long I swear <laughs> they're in and out quickly I, I'm a big fan of those so um, the alternatives are a good way to move oh over, yeah definitely. sure sure and, and I'd also say have fun with it you know I mean have fun with it you can have lots and lots of fun with vegan being vegan is a real liberation it's not just a liberation for animals but it's a liberation for people too you know uh, i would be honest after 34 years of plant-based my health my goodness you know i'm so lucky and i really i don't feel like i'm looking like you know one in two of us are going to get cancer 
that's not, I'm not going to be one of those two. You know, I don't feel that way. And I feel if I do get cancer, like I will be having a lifestyle that will be able to really help live with cancer and overcome cancer and not succumb to cancer because the power of plant-based is there. The science is coming through. And of course, Bristol's known us for years. We've had the Bristol diet, what is now the Penny Crone Centre, we used to be the Bristol Cancer Help Centre, um, has been advocating, you know, plant-based juices, diets, salads, etc., raw food, vegan for for for, for generations now, right? more than more than more than the generation. Do you want to just um, tell me about your the hemp company that you have? Oh, yeah. We could just shout yeah. it out. When we discovered hemp and its industrial uses of hemp in probably around about 1991. Uh, my friend and I started the House of Hemp in 91 uh, as, a, as an information for hemp, use of hemp. And that grew into a hemp shop in Bristol in, in the mid-90s, which actually went down a panny that one, as it happened. Uh, partly because I never knew how to use a spreadsheet or had done a business mm-hmm. course. So uh, I did a bit of business studies, came back, and then in 2002 started Yayo, which is a hemp company we've been running 15 years now. We supply hemp product, both food and body care. Um, and my big thing about the hemp is that it is a sustainable answer. So you can grow hemp in the south of England for seed. You can grow it anywhere in the UK for um, other industrial uses. So, for instance, bedding, um, horse, you know, it can be used to replace a straw. You can use it for building blocks. You can even make plastics out of it. You can make biofuel. Mm. Of course, there's a whole medicinal side of hemp too. So there's umpteen uses apart from its seed and, and oil use. We should be um, using it more. Well, we are. We are more and more and more. But what we need, of course, is a government that stops funding this cycle of torture and, and environmental destruction and and wrecking people's health that is the dairy industry and the meat and agricultural industries and we want to start funding plant-based options so the sooner the government pulls its finger out of wherever it is and starts providing what there are currently no subsidies for plant-based living in the uk right mm. now now you know we should be funding hemp lentils I mentioned the oat industry, hazelnuts. We could be, you know, powering power stations with with locally grown biomass that's good for the soil like hemp. Why aren't we? Answer, government subsidies are tied up in agriculture and they're tied up in coal and oil. Not so much coal, but they're tied up in petrochemical industries and they're not investing enough in sustainable that's what we need to see thank you very much that was very interesting so thank you for joining me you're welcome thank you thanks to my guest tim barford i found it super interesting to chat to him and please do check out his website vegfest.co.uk i know that tim has some very strong opinions and i know i said at the start of this that i am pretty much 100 percent, nearly 99 percent vegan um But that doesn't mean that I think that everybody should be that way. And actually, if you've been eating meat and cheese uh, and eggs every day and then you suddenly try to go vegan, it's just not going to work. It's going to be very difficult. And actually, I haven't been eating plant-based for very long at all because with my um, 
with my gut health, I find it really difficult to digest stuff like pulses, nuts, seeds, all of the things that are meant to give you good nutrients and good protein. So I'm still kind of up in the air about it, um, but giving it a go as, as much as I can. Um, and I think there's a bit of a maybe snobbery around veganism and people saying oh you're not vegan because you eat this or you're not plant-based because you eat this well actually I think anything that we can do that reduces our impact on the environment is a good thing and if that just means you're cutting out dairy that's amazing if you're cutting out red meat or just eating meat once a week that's still great but hopefully by listening to something like this it might just inspire you or give you a little bit of help towards taking that next step So, yeah, I'd love to hear what you thought of this interview and whether Tim answered your questions and whether it's inspired you to go a little bit more plant-based. Get in touch with me. You can email wannabe.greener at gmail.com or get in touch on Instagram at wannabe.greener. And I'll see you next time when we're talking about even more eco-friendly, green, earth-loving, environmental stuff. Bye. Bye.